This is RPG Cast number 657 for December 3rd, 2022. I am your host, not Privateer, but getting closer every day. People keep asking me all week long, Phil, why did you shave? And I tell them it's just simply this. Ever since I've taken over the RPG Cast, and I keep saying I'm your host, you know, Chris Privateer, they're, they're not full because everyone knows Chris doesn't have a beard. So now I'm one step closer to looking like Chris Privateer. And so, in case you aren't familiar with Phil, he Twitch he play he uh he streams on our Twitch channel what five days a week at Twitch.tv/RPGamer, and he has very generously, while Chris has been recovering from surgery, uh, been hosting the RPG cast for us. I used to podcast, but then I took an arrow to the wrist. <laughs> I thought it wasn't to the knee. <laughs> it was to your wrist. That's fair. Uh, yes, I'm your host, Phil Willis, a.k.a. JC Server, the Utah Poly Games with RPGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. And with me this morning is Anna Marie Privetia. Good morning. And Chris Privetia. Hi. I'm and back, sort of. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Chris Privetia, now enhanced with painkillers for your oh, enjoyment. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, so... I want to hear cat stories. Yeah, so I, I promised Phil before we started recording that I would open up the show with an RPG cats story. So there has been this running joke that we are going to trade uh, Phil's cat, Sir Busenheimer, for one of our cats, Scamper. And I want to know if you would ex- still accept the deal after this story. So um, getting up in the morning, Chris is still having problems opening up. Uh, his pill bottles because he had surgery on his wrists and it actually extends into his palms. And so in the mornings I get up, I open all of his pill bottles for him. I put a pill into a little cup for him and then he takes them when he gets up. Except yesterday on Friday, Scamper got into his pill cup and ate one of his pills. Oh no! <laughs> and here, here's where things get crazy slash hilarious because he didn't steal the biggest pill he didn't steal the easiest pill he didn't steal the brightest pill he stole gabapentin now gabapentin is actually safe for cats in fact it is the only pill that was in that cup that is not horrendously bad for cats right and so we were we're like frantically googling gabapentin dosage cats because it's a human pill yeah. And I was like, well, it is high, but it is within the range of acceptable for cats. But just in case, let's call the vet. And so we call the vet and she recognizes the number, picks up and it's like, hey, Anna Marie, what have the cats done now? <laughs> oh. And so I explained to her, Scamper's gotten into the gabapentin and she's like, he's going to be fine. He's going to have a very good day. Very good days on cloud. So he cloud spent nine. yesterday incredibly high. That was two days ago. Oh, my oh gosh. Sorry. Yeah, so two days ago, he spent the day super high. He basically slipped, wobbled to the food, and slept. Oh. So, now that you know this cat likes to oh. eat pills, are you sure you want to swap him? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I think we'd still be okay because we keep the cats in the basement and there's no pills down here. So. <laughs> That thankfully won't be an issue. Um, occasionally, there's bird seed on the ground when the bird gets messy, and they're welcome to that. But other than that, you have any doors? He likes to jump on doors. Yeah, he he'll jump, jump on top of doors and just sit there and be like, "What's up?" 
How do you get on top of a door? It's like six yeah. feet, seven well, feet. Of yeah, he, he jumps. He needs he needs some sort of platform to start from, two to three feet, and then he can oh. make the rest. Oh wow, wow. Yeah, Busenheimer can barely jump up the uh, the two and a half feet to get on my desk nowadays. It's like now he has to roll a reflex saving throw, and if he fails, <laughs> he lands flat footed on the ground. So Eclipse went to jump on my shoulder from the couch, which is a one foot jump. And she missed. critically missed twice in a row. <laughs> she did the thing the cats do where they, they get up, they forget to actually jump, and they just fall onto the ground. <laughs> Doink. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Boo- and Boo- I mean, Iris Eclipse can jump. She will jump onto the very top of the bookshelf from the couch. And that bookshelf is like eight feet tall. But something about the jump to my shoulder just messed her cat systems up completely and she's just rolled a one and i'm on the floor now <laughs> yeah that'll that'll do it yeah oh, no, that's our rpg cats story the rpg cat story Ah, oh. uh, yeah oh. no the deal's still down we'll we'll stick busenheimer in a and well he's too big for a little box we have to use a shipping <laughs> crate he's gonna go via abu dhabi yeah <laughs> Well, we're having, uh, yeah, we're going to have uh, something big shipped here. We can recycle that box, repurpose it, ship Busenheimer in it. So that works. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that uh, that story. So speaking of cats, Weed what? Cat became my hero this week. Ooh, and, and, and in what game is that? Um, so I've been playing Pokemon Violet. And I I got through um, all eight gyms. I got through all five Titans or six Titans. I got through all of Team Star. And then I realized I have just a whatever, whatever team that I've been face rolling through the game. I am not in any way prepared for the Elite Four. Mm. So I did some research on Gen 9 Pokemons. I was going through all of my options, and I realized, you know what I need? I need a weed cat, because Sprigatito is a grass dark type, and that Mm. would really be very cool to have in my team. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was skewing, like, sub-fighting on, like, three or four of my Pokemon, because I started with the duck, and the duck becomes water fighting, and I picked up um, the little electric dog and he becomes electric fighting and then Mm. i had something else that was sub fighting it's just like no i have to completely rethink my team because this is too much fighting Mm -hmm. and so raised up a a kitty blew through uh, blew through a couple ham sandwiches oh oh i am part of the cult of ham sandwiches now Ham sandwiches. Uh, ham sandwiches. You don't understand, Phil, the power of the ham sandwich. I, I guess is, I don't. It is the power of the ham sandwich. All right. So in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, you can picnic. And while you're picnicking, you can make sandwiches. Um, and so a ham sandwich. While you are making sandwiches, by the way, your Pokemon are breeding. Yeah. They're having sex. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're making sandwiches. Wow. They're getting dizzy. Those are some. Um, so those are some weird sandwiches. So I actually there was one point where I well, I wanted. We to... haven't talked about the peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. So we're gonna talk about this out, out of order. So peanut butter sandwiches. You put peanut butter 
and regular butter, butter and bananas in a sandwich and you walk away and you come back two minutes later and your Pokemon have just ampersand. Hey, watch the F. Oops, sorry. Your Pokemon have boingo boingo so hard that you will have the max number of eggs in the basket. It just so many ducks. There is no max number, by the way. Oh, I thought it was six. No, you can have more than that. Oh, my goodness. All right. So I came back after two minutes and there were six eggs in the basket. And so my sledo did its duty and it got thrown back in the box and I gave ducks to people. Um, but yes, next is the power of the ham sandwiches. So there's one point in the map um, up sort of by where you fight the fairy team star person. And if you eat a ham sandwich, which increases the amount of normal Pokemon that you spawn, um, that area just becomes nothing but chances and occasionally a preserve. Well, hmm. you're not going to preserve them, but there's lots of chances. <laughs> and Chansey happens to be one of the most EXP rich. It's the Pokemon. It's the metal slime of Pokemon. Yes, yes. And even better is Blissey does even more. Yeah. Um, and because you're spawning so many chances, you have a fairly good chance of getting a shiny, right. which right. I did. Chansey. Like toasty from Toasty. Sure. And so you basically go there with any Pokemon that's level 60 or above and you beat up Chansey's. And it is in 30 minutes, you can basically get a Pokemon from like 60 to 100. And so I, I used the power of the ham sandwiches maybe twice or maybe three times. And I got all of my Pokemon leveled up for my Pokedex. All of my team that I completely reorganized leveled up because I only kept two of the Pokemon that I used during the main game. And I blew through the end of the game. I finished up all of my Pokedex with the help of Chris. And so 400 out of 400. Both Pokemon we masters. Done. Wow. So wow. we have become champion. We have become the Lord of the Titans. Oh, you didn't do the you didn't do the um the Academy tournament, Anna. The what? The Academy tournament. Yes, I did. Oh, you did. Oh. I am the Academy champion. Oh, okay. I I the only thing that I didn't do was pull out all the stakes because I got the Pokedex entries from Chris. Yeah, that stake quest sucks. It's tedious, and I was just like, you know what? It's just faster for you to. There's a lot of just tedious things in Pokemon. Like, for such a good game, it's fun to walk around and explore and just um, capture Pokemon and and just be, like, exploring the land. Um, When you actually try to get things done and progress things, it just turns into tedium. And it's like, why? I don't understand this. I want to get back to just wandering around and seeing Pokemon. Yeah, the only thing that I found super tedious was the Legendary Hunt, because... There just isn't a ton of direction well, like where you might find those spikes. Fighting the gym needers again, I thought was a tedious task. Oh, that was fun. Okay. Because oh. they have like different teams and power. Even the Pokemon that they had before have been statted differently. So they have different types of moves and they terrorize in different ways. And I think that's kind of cool. Because um, it made you rethink the way that you had to approach some of the fighters because like, all of a sudden, you had the bug type Pokemon pulling out an Ursa, or an Ursa ring and a bear tick. It's just like, uh, I was not expecting ice Pokemon in a bug gym, <laughs> but they terrorize into bugs. So, so yeah, uh, 56 hours I played that game. I'm done everything basically that I can Oops. do. Um, and uh, I had a ton of fun. This is 
Um, I would still say Arceus is probably my favorite of the recent games, but this is a very close second. And as stupidly janky and hilariously buggy as the graphics are, I still had an absolute ton of fun because that just didn't bug me. So it's, so it's many bed, bugs in it, though. better than Sword and Shield? Yes. Nice. Yeah, I would say that, yeah. So the, the soccer cheers in Sword and Shield are pretty awesome. So um, other than that, uh, I did come back to WoW this week. Um, I'm playing a little bit of uh, Dragonflight. So I actually streamed it on Wednesday on our Twitch channel. And I will probably be continuing to stream that on at least once a week. Nice. And then I've also been playing a little bit of Shop Titans. Um, it's a free-to-play game where you are running a shop and you have to um, get armor, uh, all armor, weapons, all kinds of equipment for adventurers that come into your shop. And so at the moment, there's this event going on, which is called the King's Caprice. And basically every 30 to 60 minutes, the king changes his mind on what he would like you to craft for him. And so it it um, encourages you to craft a larger variety of things than you might normally do so. And I find that a lot of fun. So what have you been playing, Chris? I play Pokemon as well. I did the Get Scarlet out. version instead of the Violet version. Um, do I have anything to add to your Pokemon review? So, so really since, you, since you both have the different versions, are you able to like swap unique Pokemons that are unique to each yeah, title and yeah, all that and other jazz? You got it, and that's how we got to 400. Uh, 400. You have to nice. do that. So, Can you do that uh, via the internet if you don't have a friend or anything like that? Is, is yeah, that a thing? Yeah, you can. You'd have to find somebody to trade with you. So get on one of the popular one of the big discords for one of the Pokemon streamers or something like that. Set up a trade. Uh, there's also the surprise trade slash wonder trade thing that's back again where people just shove random Pokemons into the system and you can see what you get sent randomly. Um, and you can do raids for a bunch of Pokemon and sometimes the version exclusives, some of those show up in the raids. But that's another way to pick them up. Uh, right now, this weekend, there's a seven-star Charizard. Anna, you should get your Charizard. I should. Uh, yeah. And what do we got? We got... Uh, I had so many thoughts with this game. It's buggy as crap. It is, it is. so buggy. It is very buggy. I enjoyed a duplication glitch for a little bit there. That was fun to make some monies. Um... They've patched that, sort of. So, by the way, patch came out yesterday. It it fixed a couple things. Most of the glitches that were exploits are still in the game. <laughs> and you can actually, depending on what you did before the patch, you could still dupe items after the patch. It's weird. Um, <laughs> they're not they're not good programmers over at Game Freak. I don't know what's up with that, but uh, I guess it's kind of always been the case. Oh, Game Freak. Oh, Pokemon. Because I think uh, that's what we were kind of discussing in the Discord channel. At the end of the day, people pay for it, and so it makes money. So, Yeah, I mean, until they're losing money on it, nothing will change. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They, and like, they have money to be able to afford to pay, get good engineers. I don't know why they don't. 
good question. And the answer is probably more people don't help considering the small amount of time that they have to produce these games. Mm. They should lengthen the time. You are 100% correct. Which and they I won't do until it hurts sales, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this is what sucks about this cycle. It's not fun and it shouldn't be this way, but it is this way. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> so the Pokemon is a, uh, I think it's a good Pokemon game, despite the bugs, despite the issues, it's still really fun. Um, if the, the performance issues and the glitches really bug you, then I guess just avoid it because then you won't be angry and that's no fun. But if you're totally cool with just looking past that stuff, which I sure am, it was a fun experience to go through. And um, it was easy to, to kind of breeze through. You could use like the raids um, to get experience um, candies that you could then level up your Pokemon and then the open world content, the progression stuff for the stories um, became a lot easier because you were suddenly overleveled. So that's kind of how I busted through it in really fast pace. I was done with the game in like three days. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, I, I still recommend it. I liked it. I hope they add more stuff to it. Um, but if they don't, uh, it is what it is and it's done. But then I spent the rest of my time playing World of Warcraft. So Chris went a little it, it, ham. The oh, expansions, the expansion, the expansion's been out, right? It came out this week. Came out on Monday. Monday, okay, okay. I'm cool. level seventy. Mm-hmm. I am done with like three of the four zones. <laughs> I still have a wow. zone of questing to do. Still, <laughs> wow, that's that's where the ham hog wild came in on this. Three zones already. Um, not, so not only did he go crazy when the expansion hit, but before the expansion hit, he decided to just sort of go altitis. So he decided that he was going to have an alt of every class and get all of the professions and gathering together. And he was just going to be a hundred percent self-sufficient. And that's what he did. Is that working out? So he watched, he watched guides on how to speed run. Um, leveling up very quickly, and so he got very high level. I mean, it's it's still early. Like I've got everyone at sixty, but I don't have them all trained in you know the expansion crafts and stuff yet. So there's still more work to do. Um, I don't know. I need uh, I need to I need to get my tailor up and running because I need bigger bags. Oof. Bags are always full. Mm-hmm. I just they, um, bought them off add- the auction house. They mm-hmm. added a new slot to your bag bar where you can just have a, a reagents bag. Uh-huh. So like that's where you keep all of your ore and your herbs and stuff like that. And I think that's a really nice quality of life change. Well, not only that, there's the whole uh, crafting order system, which I don't know if you've gotten to it yet, Anna, but um, like. Uh- I can put in an order for big bags. So instead of paying auction house prices, I can just provide the materials, post it up on here, put a commission on here that's less than the price of the item on auction house and be like, hey, I'd like, can you please craft this for me? And someone will just do it because it's free money for them. And voila. But um, the problem is I don't have the mats. So I need to go travel to an auction house to get these mats to post them on this other auction house. And that's annoying. And 
Yeah, they need to streamline that experience a little maybe better. Perhaps. Maybe once I get to the last zone, there's an auction house nearby or something, but right now it's a pain. Mm-hmm. So still a little bit of growing pains, but not bad. All right, so this expansion, really good stories. Um, everything's kind of an episodic anime type thing instead of like one giant narrative. There is a through line. Um but each zone has really good stories. There's so many feels moments. There's lots of feels, lots of, there's a whole thing with a sad dragon on a shelf. Um, look it up. It's a thing. The, I made soup by jumping in a pot and punching fish. I had to help <laughs> wow. uh, levitating hippopotamuses. That's not um, normal. That's not normal. <laughs> yeah, that's not I, normal. I, um, there's, there's ducks, so many ducks to save there. I, it's a good expansion. It's wacky. It's serious. It's fun. It's there's centaurs and dragons and and so, big bird spirits. Like just go in and have a fun time. I am potentially gonna have things thrown at me for saying this, but this expansion storytelling reminds me so much of Wrath of the Lich King. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And that makes me so happy because Lich King was by far my favorite expansion. It seems obvious they were going to that for that to me but yeah so i'm sort of quite happy to see um for lack of a better phrasing return to form and i'm now, happy i liked shadowlands's story um a lot better than bfa's story oh my god bfa's storytelling <laughs> major <laughs> issues with it mm-hmm. um they they kind of go it ironically they kind of go for the same thing each zone has a storyline and then there's a big overarching storyline that bookends all your journey through the zones but here like the main story through line gets updated as you progress through the zones so that's good and each store each zone stories are a little bit smaller chunks and there's you don't have to do all the quests to to progress that you there's like a main through line of quests that's a little bit shorter and then there's optional quests with more stories or side stories that are all good in each zone that you can do i help some students oh you know i don't want to spoil it but some kids need your help they need they need some help learning about proto drakes because they want to pet a proto drake so you should go help them um and don't ask why they need to know how a proto drake how to heal one or pet it they're they're, they're, they're trust them that's fine they don't it's they, fine they now do anything wrong yeah. oh it's a good it's a good expansion so far um does does is is there more voice acting in these quests you know like it always seemed to be kind of hit or miss uh, it's still hit or miss like still, okay. the the main the main progression quests are mostly voice acted um and then the side quests tend to not be voice not be voice acted mm-hmm <laughs> there's a lot of gay characters <laughs> yes there actually isn't a lot of gay characters um i think they are just making them less subtle and they exist and therefore people hate them oh well that's that's i fair. haven't heard a lot of hate for them oh no. you haven't been on reddit i was I about was to say let on, us introduce reddit you to reddit oh. <laughs> there was one thread and it was like eh but like, as far as what I expected, nowhere near the amount of threads or hates or complaints about it that I expected. I've seen a few screenshots. People are unhappy with the amount of gay people in this. Okay. <laughs> they should go play something else. <laughs> Someone put a, a 
wow helmet on Alex Jones and made it a meme template. Oh no. <laughs> it's pretty good. Turn the NPCs. Yeah, okay. So, what else have you been playing, Chris? I think that's it, isn't it? Like, wow, I, and I played two rounds of Vampire Survivors the other night. So I that's get back like that. his go-to game to play before he falls asleep. Now, mm-hmm. mm. that's a that's a good one. That's a good I'm before bed. Still trying game. to unlock all the things. There's so much to unlock. And it seems like they keep adding more, right? I mean, was there it... was a content patch, but like I haven't caught up to where there was before that patch. So. Yeah. Chris will probably be playing that game for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he's looking forward to it. Got it. Makes sense. So what have you been playing, Phil? As Wait. the uh, as the resident polygamist, you play no. so many things at once. So many things. I had my my weekly hate love-hate relationship with Baldur's Gate 2. <laughs> it's just you know it's you i love it so problems. much and i hate it so much you know and and it kind of that that recurring thing of i i really uh, i don't don't see what everyone loved about Baldur's gate one and two in terms of that combat system and for the be fair like most of friends way back in the day when it first came out and i said did you like that game they said yeah in fact i remember even years afterwards i remember one point uh asking anna I think it was Anna I asked, and um, oh, I haven't played it. Oh, you haven't played it, but this is like years Ooh, ago. I was this asking is not my, my kind of game at all. And they would say, and I would say, well, how did you get past this combat or whatever have you? And they're like, oh, I played on story mode. <laughs> you know, I played it for the stories I put on story mode uh, and whatnot. Which you can do, Phil. Which you can do. And oh yeah, no and I did judge it. You. I did it. Well, I did it for the final battle in Baldur's Gate One because that that boss is, of course, just all insane levels of stupidity. And so I could sit there and keep reloading over and over until I finally did some good saving throws against his onslaught of overpowered spells, or I could just put on easy mode and story mode where you get plus six to all saving throws, a plus six luck bonus, and that became a a lot more manageable (laughs) somehow. (laughs) So, and even then, even with the story mode, I actually had like one of the party members go down still. It, It was that broken. Uh, but anywho, uh, the, 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 the gripe here, so a little fun story, and, and those of you who play Bars Gate 2, I know we have some people who are trying to give me advice who got the game memorized or played it a few times or whatnot. This has to do with, uh, I believe her name is uh, Nala, Nala, who's an enhanced edition at, uh, character edition. Nila? Yeah, Nila, Nila, oh, whatever her name yeah. is, the, the wild mage lady. You need to let her go, Phil. No, no. Let her go. We gotta talk. We gotta talk this out now. Everybody on RPG Cast needs deserves to hear my story. So, you 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 pick her up in the group, and she says, "Hey, you know, we're under attack by the Red Wizards again, and so we've set up a camp somewhere. So come and help us out." So you you make your way to to the camp, and there you meet all these whacked out wild mages, and they have side quests for you. Okay, no big deal. But at this point, after I picked up these side quests, one of the, one of the quests that the main lady gives you is to retrieve uh, there's this wild mage guy in a bar back in the city and he needs to be talked into joining the group and because i was running low on resources at that point i'm like you know i got to go back to town anyways a lot of these side quests are probably around this area but let me go and get some resources and i'll come back so i travel all the way back to town i'm like you know while i'm here let me go ahead and knock out that guy so i mean not literally but anyways go and get him and that fight was pretty hard 
thanks to the pause and play system and 13 every battle in Baldur's Gate 2 is against a swarm of spellcasters. In the D&D books back in the days, they explained that high-level wizards were a rarity. You know, you, you don't have Elminster, you know, and his, you know, his his brothers walking down every street. And yet somehow Baldur's Gate 2 missed this memo because when you get waylaid by people in the alleyway, you know, three or four of them are spellcasters who have automatic auto protection turned on, right? They have the auto sequencers or whatever they're called, and they immediately get, you know, all physical or all magical defenses, whatever. So finally got through that battle, say, got him to join the crew. And then he's like, okay, I'll, I'll head there now. So I'm like, okay, well, time to head back there because I've got to start working on these side quests anyways. So I go over there and the camp is destroyed. Apparently, saving this guy triggers a red wizard all-out attack on the camp, and all the NPCs that you could turn those side quests to are gone. And in fact, all those side quests are wiped out of your log, which is oh. a massive bummer, because you're like, you just FOMO'd me. You just fall Like, what the hell? What happened? So I was supposed to do them before. How was I supposed to not? There was never any clue given. Like, maybe you should take care of these first. But I'm like, okay, well, let's just see at this point where this goes because maybe maybe the thing is you're going to go save them and once you save them you can get your quest and they'll come back i, I have no idea i was in faq and get that point so i go back to because it makes it's very clear that they know who attacked it was the red wizards and those red wizards are back in town and they got a base and they tell you where the base is at uh, conveniently right next to an inn so i go back to the inn i rearrange my gear i rest up i memorize some more anti-magic spells because they're the red wizards after all and you go into the front room now, the front of their base is not just a base, right? It's a front for their operation, and it's a store. And the shopkeeper there, he's obviously knows what he's doing playing a front for these guys. He's got a partnership with them, but he's not a Red Wizard himself. So you've got a choice to make as to whether or not you're going to bring the fight to him and start with him and all of his cronies there in the shop uh, to get to the back, or if you're going to try to diplomacy your way through. And diplomacy your way through is very difficult. You have to pick the exact right text choices, and you have to have a high charisma. Fair enough. But um, Nala, the, she's just infuriated because all of her friends have probably been killed or captured or whatever. So she, she just wants to see them all burn, uh, which I think is funny. Like her part and her lines and her writing is exactly what I expect out of a wild mage. It's perfect. I love it. Uh, so this is, you know, this is great. But uh, so I'm like, OK, she clearly wants to destroy this guy. And if I don't destroy this guy, she's not going to be happy. So kung fu fighting time. I went through that battle like five times. I kept getting decimated before I could even take one of them down. So this is extremely frustrating to me. So I finally go and look up the FAQ. Turns out this this jerk is five levels <laughs> above our party, which in D&D terms, five levels is freaking huge, it's right? Huge. It's huge. I like huge. that you had to stop and try for a different word. Like I three did, times I just like, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Did, that guy. <laughs> want to say, I want to say uh, something that rhymes with lick, but I uh, remember it's Chris's podcast and we're trying to keep this family friendly. Anyways. Yeah. He's five levels above. His croonies are like four or five levels above. So there's no wonder I'm getting my ass, you know, handed to me. So, uh, and, and it's some like, okay, maybe what they're really trying to do is get me to use the diplomacy route. But it turns out if you do the diplomacy route that you eventually tick off N N N N Neela or whatever her name is, and she leaves your party. Oh, so geez. it's like so you're, it's you're very lose lose. Right. Then since I was there in the FAQ anyways, and I already you know spent an hour and a half beating my head up against this wall from beginning to end, uh, I might as well keep reading the FAQ. Well, it turns out that those NPCs don't come back. However, had you done their side quest to begin with and done those earlier, they'd still be alive. 
Why? Who knows? But that's just so the so these guys capture wow. them and they die. But if you had done their side quests, they would have been okay. And you're just like, first of all, that's not even a logical connection. Just because you you save this guy's cats or reunite this guy with his crazy bear would not mean that the Red Wizards would or would not kill them, right? It doesn't give them any more power to def, you know defend themselves. So none of this is a logical connection. But okay, video game shenanigans. But it's just stupid. There's no way for the player to know this. And now that I know this. Um, yeah, it's all levels of FOMO. So I'm very, very frustrated with the whole thing. At the very least, I need to go all the way back to some early save file before I did uh, that one main, uh, you know, saving that one guy that triggers all of this so I can do these side quests first. And then I can decide whether I can do this quest later on when I've leveled up or if I'm just going to put on easy mode, which is what I'll probably do. Uh, or hell, I even got access to the cheat console at this point because one thing that happened early on in the game in the very first dungeon is my character uh, one of my characters got stuck on a door and i could not fix it and and unfortunately i had auto saved i auto saved like every five minutes and did not realize that my one of my characters because you got like six of them was stuck on the door this entire time so even when i went back to the earliest quick save uh it was he was he you know he was totally stuck so i need to go back to a manual regular save which was over an hour hour and a half behind so i was you know going to be very frustrated but that's where i found out a cheat console command you can use to teleport your entire party to a place where your mouse is at so you have to go in mess with an i and i file and then you can hit control spacebar activate the cheat console press control j that teleports your party and you know what as a reward to for myself for putting up with their bs and their bugginess i now leave the cheat console um turned on and anytime i want to teleport somewhere i do it i usually use it just to get back to place i've been before you don't want to like teleport to places you know, like if you haven't explored a map yet, because you might miss events. But if you already been through a map a couple of times uh, and you're just backtracking, it's it's a it's a huge time saver. So I got cheat console, so I could cheat console my way through that fight if I really need to. But yes, it's it's just stupid and frustrating. And I felt like for that, you know, I've been busy all week prepping for my games, especially since Chris's Pathfinder group, you know. So let's talk uh, Pathfinder oh, first. Oh <laughs> yes, we need to share this with the internet. We were mean to Phil. <laughs> So we we need to share this with the internet, Chris. This needs to happen. This it just was, this that, it was quite an event. It was something. Tuesday. It was something else. It was it really was. So so I run a a, a homebrew that I have been running for years called the the darkest day. Um, and the sales pitch goes like this: In a mysterious land not found on any map, the races of man, elves, dwarves live together in uneasy peace. It's not always this way, um, but uh, but now you know we've had peace for a while. Creatures never before seen now threaten citizens near a time where ancient texts warn of a disaster that makes the ancient wars look pale by comparison. When the daughter of an archmage reaches out to the party of adventurers to help figure out the cause of these attacks, how can they say no? Yet there's more than meets the eye, and if they aren't careful, they may not be able to stop what the prophecies referred to as the darkest more than day. Meets the eye. What is this? Transformers? Shh, you're not supposed to point out the references. People are supposed to get them. Okay. All right. Yeah, got it. <sighs> Anyways, the whole question there was, how could the party say no? Chris's party found a way to say no. <laughs> because <laughs> did we ever? So the whole story here is, you know, that the party finds out there's a mages guild that, you know, uh, well, or they were raised in mages guild, but the mages guild is a big part. They control all the magic in the land. This is hardly a, you know, a novel premise, but the mages guild is very, very controlling on the magic. This daughter of one of the archmages who is nowhere to be found, so she's on her own. 
but she's really concerned about all these uh, things that are happening because they are clearly coming from a magical source. Now, that magical source could, may or may not be somebody in the Mages Guild. She wants to conduct an independent investigation. The, the problem is the Mages Guild doesn't take too kindly to some upstart looking behind their back. Whether or not they're truly guilty or not, it's a whole other conversation. But even at the best of times, the Mages Guild doesn't like, you know, people you know, double checking on them or investigating them or anything like that. They are the authority. So um, she asked the party after giving them this quest, please don't go and tell the mages guild, right? We don't need them on our, on our ass. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell <laughs> anybody. Secret. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, keep it, not, secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> not to mention for those characters who played the prologue, there's also the double whammy of, they were sworn to secrecy about earlier events from the adventures guild. So if they ran their mouth, they're incriminating themselves right so what does the what does the wizard in the party do the minute they get out of uh, out of her mansion and they get back into the main town he goes and finds the nearest ranking member of the mages guild and lets it all loose just tells them everything what it's their mentor they trust them they trust him it's their mentor. 100% in character for this person and I, so detrimental to the party. <laughs> it is so bad for the party. Yeah, he's playing his character. It, it, it is very naive to at least like there's you know he always their tried to kiss ass, an idiot. But, <laughs> right? But it's but, totally what their character would do. <laughs> and I've never had anybody do anything like that before. I've run this probably uh, you know I don't know six to nine times uh, over the years, and I've never had anyone do anything like that. And it, completely changes the tone and the direction and you know like i had to i had to like i was just like stunned and i was just like oh okay so we let the party just go on with other things for a while because i quickly reasoned in my head there's no reason why the mages guild had to knee-jerk react in that very moment and then uh and then at the end of the campaign i left them on a bit of a cliffhanger with a bit of a you know message coming through going why did you Betray me, attacked, run away. Bring me the blue pages. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of left it on that cliffhanger. Um, so it, it is very, very interesting. And of course, one of the players, by the way, Chris was texting me like, what's going to happen? And I don't know if this is fair. And <laughs> <laughs> He's ruining, ruining our campaign. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I, you know, it took me a few days. This was a bit of a Pandora's box, and uh, you know, because it has whatever. Well, now this lady should never trust us again, which means we have no ability to make progress, and we're yeah. wanted by the law. Even if we settle it all, there should be no way to move forward after this. I don't know how you're going to help us. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Phil. Yeah, we ruined your campaign. <laughs> it, is, it has ruined the campaign. Just this one thing has taken the whole thing and thrown it off the tracks. So uh, we're going. We're going to. Uh, we're going to see what happens after this. Uh, and I have to say, well, I think I've got eighty percent of it figured out. That last twenty percent is not locked in. Plus, who knows what you guys are going to do? And I don't want to yeah. try to put this on the rails and just i don't say, know okay. what we're gonna do and i i was in the party like oh that's what we're doing oh well i'm just gonna sit back and watch this burn <laughs> this is like when i jumped into the pot and electrocuted the bad guy Mm-hmm. but it's like what if you did that and it ruined the rest of the story <laughs> <laughs> i mean it certainly accidentally ruined the encounter 
Yeah, but that's okay. G- DMs are used to players ruining encounters. It's when you basically say, well, we don't want to play the rest of the campaign. We betray everybody. Now what are you going to do for us? Well, I can't use any of the stuff I wrote. So I don't know. You all die. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I spent way too much time working on this this week. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I haven't done a whole lot of, of other video games. I only had like that few hours where Baldur's Gate didn't respect my time. We're yeah. not paying you enough for that. <laughs> I know. That's exactly that's probably true. That's what I should have said at the end of the session. Like, ah, you guys don't pay me enough for this. And I should have just stormed <laughs> either, off. Either we undo tonight or you're done. <laughs> this is funny. This is like the first time I just want to reload a save game in a tabletop. Yeah. Because uh, clearly that wasn't the right decision. Um, aside from that, I played a little... Uh, Hyrule Warriors, uh, while I was talking to people uh, here and there, it's like one of those games I can multitask on real easy. Completed the fourth post-game map on that. Like Hyrule Warriors, the original one, is going to be on the Switch. Is just so good, and it's probably going to be one of the very few games I may eventually actually 100% complete. Uh, all the post-game stuff. I've got I've got Link and Linkle uh, past level 100 at this point. They raised the cap to 255 when they did the ultimate edition and stuff. So, uh, but I think at one point 100 or 150 was the cap. So I'm getting kind of close to at least what was the original cap. I've got a lot of cool. I think one of the cool things about all this post-game stuff is that you you keep unlocking stuff. So as I was doing that fourth map, I kept unlocking new outfits for characters. I unlocked the golden weapon for uh, whatever her name is. I can never remember the the little duck girl's name. Um, Linkle's already got her gold weapon. Her. Yeah, she. Well, every I, time I, she I, comes I, up on the screen, I always hear you complaining about something. Well, she's not my fave. Uh, there are worse. I still think. Uh, gosh, I'm so terrible at names. The guy with the balloons out his butt. Tingle? You mean Tingle? Tingle. Yeah, he's just not fun to play. He's a cute character. He's just not fun to play. So uh, yeah, but then there's some characters I just love playing, like Ganon, uh, Link, Linkle are just you know badasses plus the um the two characters the caster characters that they added c is okay and then the other one with the blue hair she's a lot of fun so they 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 got a lot of good characters to pick from and what's nice about you know most of these games these muso games is with the multiple characters like this is if you don't like certain characters uh, and eventually they will make you use them in some of these maps. No big deal. You just pay you rupees to level them up. So you don't have to grind, you know, them up in hours of unenjoyable play session. Just, you know, pay up, level them up, and, and then just take them through that one mission they need to get through and move on with life. So been doing that. And then since I cleared off the fourth map, I'm like, okay, let me let me take a break from this now. Through in Age of Calamity. And, uh, you know, that one's growing on me. I I still like Hyrule. I've always said I've liked the original more Hyrule Wars more just because of the silky frame frame rates. And it's just smoother and faster. But the more I play Age of Calamity, like the more I'm like, you know what? The frame rate still kind of sucks. But uh, here and there it drops frames like like a hot potato. But this isn't this isn't too shabby. So, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm just uh, made some more progress. Story in that. fixes Breath of the Wild story, in my opinion. <laughs> mm. Well, and I like the gameplay personally. I know this is one my hot take is I like the gameplay a hell of a lot more than Breath of the Wild. So uh, I, I don't miss breaking weapons. I don't miss climbing up rocks just for a rainstorm to wash me out. I, I yeah no I don't miss traveling all the way over there just to, because I think I can go there because that's what the game kind of promises. No, there's a wall of wind in the way. 
It's just you can't. Every follow. time, oh, lightning. Every Everybody, time. take cover. It's lightning time. Lightning Every time. Your wooden weapon. People describe playing Breath of the Wild and all of the cool things that they can do in it. I'm just like, I am never gonna play this game. It sounds like you can cook, Anna. <laughs> cool. Cool. Tam, Tam is right. It gives new meaning to the term "lightning returns." Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hard to argue with that, Tam. Uh, but, yeah. And then, last but not least, uh, and I'm doing on stream right now, playing Vault of the Void. Uh, I, You know, if you watch a lot of my streams, I, I, hey, I'll admit it. I'm a cranky old man gamer, and there's definitely things like when Baldur's Gate pisses me off, and I, I express myself. I know, you know, sometimes I come across like the, uh, the you know, cranky old man, and that's fine. That's, old that's, man yells at clouds. Yep, exactly. Hey, don't forget to get off my lawn. Uh, and that happens a lot. And and I and I had a love hate relationship with Poker Quest because because Poker Quest loves to kick you in the teeth like a lot of roguelikes do, early and often. Uh, and it takes you a lot of practice just to be able to get through the first couple of bosses. Uh, and even then, I don't get through them reliably. I've had that problem with a number of roguelikes. They're just so hard. And I don't know if you're just supposed to keep grinding until you eventually get enough unlocks to where it finally gets a little bit easier because uh, they're usually roguelites. Uh, or uh, or they're just, you know, I'm just that suck that much at gaming, I don't care. But Vault of the Void does this so well because Vault of the Void's a roguelike card game, deck building card game, like say the Spire Monster Train and the such. But getting through your first few runs, at least for me, has not been really all that difficult at all. Getting through the bosses, you know, there's some challenger, pay attention, you know, use some synergy, but but nothing that's terribly rocket science. However, what there is, is difficulties. So after you've completed a run on normal, you can do hard after hard, they're super hard. And then after that, there's pure, pure mutations. So I'm like, well, see, you can make people like Phil happy by having a regular normal mode. And then you can have the hard stuff there for the hard people who want more challenge. And I'm sure it unlocks Steam achievements or gives them some other, you know, aesthetic rewards or whatever it is they can have for, for going through those. But I just like the fact that, yes, I can win. Yeah, so uh, so that's it's been pretty fun. It's a really good card game, too. Like a lot of those arguments that people have uh, that some of the people will, will say against Slay the Spire, people who don't like Monster Train Slay the Spire. Uh, my good friend Moogle, for example, will, will, will tell you that a big problem is that uh, you 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 don't get to really build a deck as you go along like you can burn a card here or there, but you're kind of stuck with what they offer you and things like that. What Volt of the Void does is you start off with 25 cards and you have a deck of 20 so you customize from that and as you go through you don't have to burn up any cards as you pick up better cards you can go in and edit your deck anytime just like you could let's say magic the gathering and you can see you know you can try new strategies during that run and see if they work for you it's not like uh slay the spire where Every time you make a choice about the card, man, you better make the right choice because this is your only chance. Or if you're going to purge a card, you better make the right choice because it's your only chance to purge a card uh, from your deck. Now, here you you can keep playing and see what synergies work and kind of work your deck out as you're doing the run. So just so, to confirm, this is the one you're playing on stream right now, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Vault of the Void. Yep. How many freaking free-to-play currencies are in this thing? Free to play cards. I, I, I'm looking at the upper right corner of your screen. You've got 20 cards, eight bags, two potions. Then you have an, a book thing, a scroll oh. thing, these gems, coins, yeah, other these, gems. Oh my God. These aren't these aren't free to play currencies. Yeah, there's there's none of that. I don't think there's any of oh, that. Okay. So, 
But yeah, this is just saying my backpack, you know, in is just telling me that I have eight cards that are not in my deck. Oh, I got twenty cards in my at deck. All. Okay. Um, this is more like status conditions. Um, I have one potion. I have two potions in my inventory that I can use, just like uh, really Slay the Spire. Phil, because this is the this is how free to plays display uh, yeah, all the true. things that they're trying yep, to use to fleece you out of money. You know, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. This uh, now these are your in-game currencies up here, of which there are. are quite a few of these because you have like souls which acts as one currency but these are all in the run um essence run stuff okay Mm -hmm. and then you have like six different color gems which these are really cool because you can actually attach these gems onto your cards to upgrade them so permanently or just mm -hmm. oh i guess for that run run, yeah Yeah, in the run yeah yeah so it can like double the how hard is a run have you finished yeah i finished two that's what i was saying like i like this game because you can actually on normal anyways it's quite reasonable yeah. Is there a yeah. progression of some sort? Mm-hmm. As you keep playing, you unlock different uh you unlock different classes. Let me save and exit ah, here. All right. If I do like oh, I guess if I do a new run, it's gonna kill my but yeah, you, you can unlock new really classes. Hard heart that you can't kill. Oh wait, no, that's a different game. <laughs> right. Uh oh, here we go. Unlocks. Um there's there's all kinds of little unlocks to unlock different characters mm-hmm. and stuff and unlock new cards that will show up in future runs. Well, kind forget of forget all that. Cardbacks and then cardbacks and alternative art. (laughs) Yep, achieve and so these are achievement locks. So yeah, if you want, if you want, like it does have incentive for you people who are really really good at these games because if you win a perfect victory against Goldolas on hard, well, I'm I'm not one of those those people. I don't generally win on super hard games, you know. But it's oh, that's a cool card pack. Look at that. Defeat the void at least once with each of the elemental beads. I like the one that looks like a Hearthstone card. Right. You just you got different. Oh, you can unlock different battlefields like Hearthstone, but you don't pay for them. You unlock them with the with the with the achievements. Uh, lots of alternative card art. Uh, these are bought with void points, which you earn by playing the game. And then you can set up how to each card looks. Um, and uh, oh, purge effects. Oh, that's pretty damn cool. So you can purge your cards to get extra energy. Um, and when you do, you get different animation if you buy them with enough vault points. There's tons of unlocks here, but most of them are aesthetic or just unlock more choices, uh, classes and the such. So all of this is 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 pretty cool. It's just like a, a lot of good design decisions that I think just kind of um, manages a lot of the little frustrations that some people will have with, with some of the other uh, games. Like, for example, if you don't use a card, it'll hold over into your next hand. So that gives you more strategy, right? Sometimes you ever had like, oh man, that's my combo card, but the other card didn't show up. Well, hold on to it. But then you're like, well, why wouldn't you always do that? Well, there's a cost, right? And the cost is an opportunity cost because if you uh, do what's called purging a card, you see here, I have three out of six energy, right? And we all know energy is used to power the cards. By uh, purging a card, I get another energy. I get more energy. So purge cards gives you more energy, so you can cast more cards in that turn, and energy also carries over. You gain three more energy at the start of each round, but you also gain an energy for each card you purge. So energy is a resource that can carry over if you don't use it all, and cards are a resource that carry over if you don't use them all, and you can switch one for the other. And so this all asset strategy, and then on top of that, you have powers you can you can you can use. And each class has different powers to to, to manage. Uh, each class has different card types. E- actually, each class seems to have two completely different card sets, and within each set are unlockable cards through the runs, so that you will find other options uh, in your future runs to help keep the game fresh. When man when monsters attack you, they tell clearly expect to slay the spider what they're going to do. Well, what's interesting is instead of 
hitting your health bar right away at the end of the turn, it goes into this bucket called threat. And on your next turn, you can reduce threat by using block. So you've got a buffer to your hit points um, before that hits. So you don't have to manage this right away, which again, gives you more option. I can't tell you how many times I played Slay the Spire and Monster's gonna do some damage. And this is the one time I did not pull any defense cards because of RNG. Well, now I can see it coming. So now I can hold on to that 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 defense card until next turn because I can easily see it coming. So it just it, it just feels good. And they clearly have done a lot of work in the uh, early access and balancing a lot of this stuff out and making it feel tighter because it had a, a pretty decent early access period and, and from what I understand. And I played it uh, just once or twice on stream just to show it off on early access. I had bought this on some, I don't know, Humble Bundle or whatever have you. And holy cow, am I glad I did. I think I only paid like probably like four bucks or something and this is totally worth every dollar whatever they're asking for because it's a really good game you need so. to pet that puppy who looks really sad in the corner this one yeah oh this forsaken, forsaken puppy pup. oh so look sad. at him but he inflicts you with two banes that's a useless cause that puppy in your deck make the puppers feel good Oh, you just, okay, here you go. It's okay, puppy dog. I'll kill you soon. I'll put you out <laughs> your misery. You won't suffer anymore. All right. Oh, so that's everything cool. I've been playing. That's your Polygamist oh. update. Polygamist has been updated. Mm-hmm. So is it time for feedback then? I think so. Who's in charge of feedback? Who is in charge of feedback? Me! Uh, Yay! All right. So we asked people, what did you buy on Black Friday? And so Featherhoof said, firstly, before a question of the week, go team Violet, go team Quaxley. <laughs> Yay. Um, uh, for the question of the week, I'm resisting the allure of Black Friday this year super hard because I have a five-year-old i7-8700 GTX 1080 PC that I've been abusing with constant recording, editing, rendering, streaming, and VR playing. <laughs> it can barely handle it, and I am desperately saving up for rebuilding. Um, if I didn't, if I don't have enough saved up to look at Black Friday for PC parts this year yet, especially as GPU prices have rocketed again. Mm. All right, uh, Yuna writes in and says, for my Black Friday pickups, I got Star Ocean, The Divine Force for $47, Soul Hackers 2 for $30, and upgraded to PS Plus Extra with the 25% off deal that PlayStation had, which was $75. I will probably not get to these games till next year because I have my next set of games planned out that will take the rest of the year, but they will be a top priority after that. See, I did, the older that I get, the more I like sort of scheduling out what my next few games are going to be. And mm -hmm. I see Chris thinks I'm a neurotic pile of weirdness for that, but I'm not. I'm you not don't even the hold exception. to your schedule. You don't even hold to your schedule. I mostly hold to my schedule. Mm. I'm I'm okay with taking slight detours. All right. Um, the anime man says my only pickup was Persona Five Royal for the PC. Been happy to replay replay it once more. Um, so I, as per usual, uh, picked up a couple of eShop gift cards on discount, and then I went semi-ham on games on sale. So let's see what I picked up. I picked up, um, Odin Sphere Left Thrazer on the PS5 because I want to replay it. Um, and then for the Switch, I picked up Hatchwell and NPCs Odyssey, Strange Horticulture, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, Iudin Chronicle Rising, Hero Must Die Again, 
uh, Dungetress and Monster Crown. So I think I was mm. telling you, Phil, about an NPC's Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds fun. I think I'm going to play that mm-hmm. next because I just need a game to like palette cleanse between whatever I'm going to play next and something short. So looks like a good palette cleanse. Pretty excited for that. Yeah. And then, Chris, you picked up a new keyboard. I did. I bought a Keychron keyboard. It's mechanical. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I needed a new one for my work PC for when I get back to work. My old one. Um, the equal key broke. <laughs> mm. So I'd hit, I'd hit equal sign and I get like four equals. <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> um, and then, or was it the equal key? It was, uh, it was, no, it wasn't the equal key. It was, it was like one of the homeroom keys. It was even worse. Oh, it was the worst. It just, oh, I did. Mm. Bought a new keyboard. Uh, what I get? I got a he- oh, just a wireless headset for upstairs because for some reason the Bluetooth on my PC won't reach very far. So I looked for like a 2.4 gigahertz headset, and it works like three feet longer than the Bluetooth. So I guess it's an improvement. Um, <sighs> wireless audio is a pain, and I shouldn't have cheaped out. If I'd gotten an expensive one, it probably would go further. Anyway, so um. I'm trying to stop myself from spending more money in my head right now. So sorry. Uh, what was the last thing I bought, Anna? Um, you got a headset. Yep, just said that. And then you picked up an IoT bundle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For our lights, we're doing the Lutron Caseta thing in our house. So yeah. So I, I know people soda. are like crazy. Lady in the can shouldn't listen to everything that I'm saying. And if you, you know, uh, internet up your house, you're just asking for problems. But um, that's probably true. Uh, it's true. <laughs> But also as someone who has nerve problems and the surgeries help, but it doesn't 100% resolve it. Um, things like twisting a light bulb or twisting a handle and twisting it in and out light bulbs um, and just flicking switches starts to get harder and harder. And so just being able to say lady in the can lights on is nice. But but the Internet will know you turned on your lights. There's a- And you know what? AI I've learned know. a little bit of that. <laughs> I mean, you know what they can do with that data? I, I, they, they, they just know. That's true. They do just yeah, know. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, Yuna. If, if you're trying to get in all the Trails games, I would say do those before Star Ocean because disappointment can wait. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wow. That's true. I mean, we have our good friend Peter playing Star Ocean 6 now and the disappointment just coming from him on his on his updates just it's we, um, we had a really interesting conversation in the the staff channel about Star Ocean 1 because if you are slightly newer to the site and don't remember when we had message forums um, I think it was Star Ocean 4. Um, we gave it a middling score because it was a middling game. And um, someone ended up breaking our forums and turning everybody's profile picture into the protagonist for Star Ocean 4. Mm-hmm. We still have no idea how that happened or how they did it, but it was really funny. Um, but this time... We had Didn't sort of some a, people keep the, the yeah that <laughs> yeah. Adrian was like, if someone's gonna hack the forums and make everybody's profile picture the Star Ocean Four main character, this is now my profile picture. Yeah, they're probably the one who did it for the end of days. Um, but we sort of we sort of ended up having an interesting conversation because someone came to the site and was like, 
this person has clearly never played. So we reviewed the most recent Star Ocean game. We gave it a middling score because it's a middling game. And that's okay. Not every game is a five out of five and you can still get enjoyment out of a three out of five game. But um, someone came to the site and was like, the person who reviewed this has clearly never played a Star Ocean game before, and therefore their opinion is inferior. <laughs> oh, jeez. And so that ended up sort of spawning some really interesting conversations in the staff channel, one of which was, all right, which one of our Star Ocean veterans is going to review the game? Because... Hmm. Um, you know, we look at a comment like that and someone is bound to go challenge accepted. Sure. <laughs> Who was that lucky person? Uh, I think Sam is actually going to uh, to play nice. it, and review it and give it a second opinion. And like she's I'm not saying she's a tough reviewer, but she's certainly not an easy reviewer. So I am I'm looking forward to seeing how that is going to end up hitting. Because. If if a game isn't good, she has zero chill about ripping it apart. And on the other stack of things, if a game is really good, she has no chill about heaping quite a large amount of praise on it. Mm -hmm. So I am very curious to see how she ends up going with the game. Yeah, Peter's been uh, Hero Harmony. Peter has been streaming it uh, for us on our Twitch channel. And um, sometimes the crowd reaction has been very funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. We have a question of the week. Do, 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 do. And so I, I think it is possible that we've asked this question before, but it bears repeating because I'm having this problem again now. Audience, how do you resist buying games on your wish list before the holidays? Please help me stop being is dumb. Futile. You will be assimilated <laughs> into the Steam sales. No. Yeah. But also probably true. So yeah, do you put games on your wish list? Do you not put games on your wish list? Do you just have better self-control than I do? Tell us. Um, head on over to rpgamer.com. Uh, find the latest uh, thread for the RPG cast. You can always look under podcasts on the top menu and slap down your reply there. You can also pop by the Discord. Um, in theory, one of us should remember to put it in the sheet, although answering on the website is the... I'm sorry, all of a sudden I have hiccups. <laughs> is probably the best way to get it in front of us. And of course, you can always come listen to us live. Um, lately, we've been 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Our normal recording time is noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So if you show up sometime between those two times, you will see us at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. It's time for the news. Mm -hmm. Somebody beep me in. Thank you. All right. So, Chris, what is our type? Uh, it's a shmup. Yep. All right. So, Side scrolling. Why yep. is RP Gamer covering our type tactics one and two? Cosmos? These are these are tactical RPGs right. that were with with our type ships. What? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a thing. They, if I'm not mistaken, they had like a PSP. Yeah, uh, PSP was yep. the one that started. Yeah. Yep, started it. It's kind of like a offshoot. 
Okay. So R-Type Tactics 1 was originally R-Type Command, and it came out on the PSP in North America. The second game, Operation Bitter Chocolate, um, was not released in North America. <laughs> and I bet you it was because of that subtitle. No, um, I, I suspect it was because the PSP was dying at the time. However, if you are like R-Type Tactics, ah, put it in my veins. Um, there is a Kickstarter campaign running for additional content. Um, oh, but wait, it already finished. Sorry. Hopefully it was successful. So, If only there was a way to tell. Yeah, it was successful. Okay. All right. Uh, Legends of Amberland 2, The Song of Trees has been announced. Um, I feel like you might have played this, Phil. This looks like the kind of games that you like to play. Yeah, no, I've I've looked at, so I I like dungeon crawlers, blobbers and such. So when Legend of Amberlands 1 came out, I took a close look at it and it's been pretty well received. And it's kind of one of those things that kind of stuck back in my mind. The big thing holding me back is just the aesthetic. Like if you're playing on a mobile phone or something like that, I'm sure the hugely pixelated creatures look a lot better on a, you know, five inch screen. But since I mostly play PC, this is like the, the aesthetic is I don't know. It's almost NES bad in terms of pixelation. But in terms of gameplay, it's been pretty well received uh, by people who do like those first-person perspective dungeon crawlers. Uh, the gameplay feels pretty tight. It feels pretty speedy. Uh, people people like the class options. And it feels like, uh, if you're familiar with like Magic, the earlier Magic dungeon crawler turn-based ones like 4, 5, and 6, it's very evocative, that sort of thing. But it feels uh, more manageable, more bite-sized, not all over the place like that. those games were, uh, not as huge. So it's been pretty well received. So I'm, I'm glad that they're doing a sequel to this. So um, they have announced that it is in development with a planned launch in 2023 for PC and Switch. And you can wishlist it on both Steam and GOG. And I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but if you are interested in supporting indie games in a way that is fast and free, go wishlist it somewhere. That is one of the most helpful things you can do in getting an indie game off of the ground. Even if you don't end up buying it at launch, those pre-launch wishlists are a big deal. Oh, yeah. I've wishlisted, I've wishlisted both this and the, and the prequel. Legend of Amberlin one and two, like I I love Blobber. So does so does our good friend Spare Ombres, who streams every morning at twitch.tv forward slash RP Gamer because he every Saturday Blobbers. Morning. Yeah, every Saturday morning. Um, sorry. Uh, he he streams Blobbers exclusively or first person, aka first person dungeon crawlers. So I was like, what's a Blobber? Yeah. It's it's basically a first person uh, dungeon crawler, and it comes from the idea that way back in the nineteen you know eighties, I want to say the early eighties, when these first started becoming a thing, the idea that you could go through a dungeon in first person perspective was just mind blowing. It was like your very first three D graphics, right? And it was wireframe and stuff like that. But you never got to see your character in the game like you could with, let's say, Super Mario Brothers or anything. So it was like, well, how? where is your character within the program? Like, what would that look like if there was a way to hold up a mirror? What would your character look like? Well, obviously, the programmers didn't need to program any sort of detail for that physical representation if there needed to be one. So the 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 the, the running joke was it's just a blob. Right. They just took a blob and that's your character. If you were to ever look at the mirror, you find out you're really just a blob. So those games are called blobbers. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. But it's only 
a term that's pretty much used by people who are over the age of 40. So over a certain 50. age. Yeah. Over a certain age. Yeah, it's not something well seasoned RP seasoned RP gamers. Well, we found our title. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of season, I heard that uh, Mugen Souls can be pretty spicy, Anna. What, what do you have about that? Uh yeah. So uh East Asia Soft is going to be publishing the game. Um or at least uh, publishing a physical version of the game on Nintendo Switch. Um, so the game is going to be released digitally um, in spring 2023. Uh, and if you want to get uh, this physical edition, you are probably already too late for it um, because it went up on Play Asia on Thursday, November 24th, and the limited edition was uh, limited to 3,000 copies. But if you were one of the lucky people to snag one of these, you got a physical copy of Mugen Souls, a collector's box, an original soundtrack CD, an art book, a sticker sheet, and a numbered certificate. I'm sorry. I love uh, Wheels' comment is, no! I feel like he might have been in charge of reviewing this initially. Uh, I don't think he enjoyed it. Um, that's the impression that I get, at least. Yeah. Uh, well, let's Unless see. Those are no. Moog and Souls review by Michael Apps, titled Ooh. "Where Is My Mind?" And we're gonna scroll down to. Oh dear Lord! <laughs> what? <laughs> One out of five. <laughs> oh no! I need to look it up. Here we go. Battle Just... system one. Interaction one. Originality one. Story two. Music and sound two. Visuals two. Overall score abominable. <laughs> positive. Just one positive. The story occasionally provides some laughs, and then a whole bunch of negatives. Positive. The story ended. The story of the Combat is boring and tedious, convoluted mechanics, extensive grinding required, constant loading time, too much moe. Too much moe! Oh, dear lord! No such thing. Uh, all in all, Mugen Souls turns out to be an incredibly frustrating game with some good ideas that quickly get lost in the grind. Despite making fun of cliches at times, the story ends up being an overly long affair dragged down by the very cliches it makes fun of. Tedious, boring, and insanely frequent combat encounters are made all the worse by required grinding and a giant spike in difficulty after much of the game is a cakewalk. The frequent pandering elements of the game's story and visuals can't hide its borderline broken mechanics. Even the most ardent fans of JRPGs will find little to like about this grind fest. Mm-mm. Mm. all right so moving on <laughs> uh hey died. so um the deal field chronicle was a recent release it was it's a real-time tactical rpg that square enix published um and they said on uh, uh a content update is coming in march it will be free it will be adding a new store <sighs> it will be adding a new story scenario focusing on Waltaquin Redditch. Mm-hmm. Um, the update will also add a new extra mode to its new game plus mode where high level enemies appear from the start as well as a new a very hard difficulty setting. Mm-hmm. 
So we I, ended up reviewing this, I believe, on PS5, and we gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Battle system, 5 out of 5. I'd like to hear more about this from people. I've listened to my favorite reviewers on this, and I'm still kind of on the fence. I, you know, I don't really... So the battle system is clearly evocative of Baldur's Gate. But my big problem with Baldur's Gate isn't the fact that it uses the pause and play system. My problem is that it's Dungeons and Dragons being shoved into a pause and play system. And Dungeons and Dragons, that's like taking a square peg and running it through a, a round hole. Uh, if you do pause and play and you're built from the ground up for pause and play, uh, then then you can make something that's fun and compelling. And I've heard pretty positive things about the combat here, but I've also heard that, you know, kind of mixed reception on the story side of it, whether that's enough to really, you know, keep you going. Uh, so unless the, the combat's super mind-blowingly good, then a mediocre story isn't going to cut it. I'd like to hear some more from people. So if you played this uh, and you got a strong opinion on it, I would love to hear it over on our Discord channel. rpgamer.com forward slash Discord. All right, so we're coming up on Dragon Quest Treasures, a game that I was not going to wait for Christmas to play because this looks so good. Um, so they got uh, Square Enix put out new screenshots and additional trailers, um, which uh, primarily cover treasure maps and dungeons. And the way that this works is as players progress through the game, they find treasure map items, which leads to special treasure dungeons. These maps can be found as drops from enemy monsters, as well as loot found by monster parties that have been sent out from missions. Finding a treasure map leads to a quest to find the indicated treasure dungeon entrance. Once you get into the dungeon, uh, you will have a series of levels containing different enemies, including rare enemies. Defeating all the enemies lets players progress to the next level. Um, you can also find mysterious pillars, which grant party-wide effects when touched. The final level of each dungeon includes more powerful monsters. Um, and as part of the story, uh, Eric and Mia come across a special treasure map that leads to an encounter with Hornbull, Sentinel of the Sands. Um, so in case you um, have been sleeping for the last several years, uh, this game was originally announced as a Dragon Quest monster spinoff in 2018 before they decided to make it a little more treasure focused. Um, and it follows uh, Eric from Dragon Quest XI and his sister Mia attempting to obtain the seven dragon stones when they were kids. So it is coming out. Oh, it's going to be out this week. Mm. December 9th. I'm excited. It does look very cute. She just cute. finished a Pokemon game, so she needs to play a Pokemon game. That's fair. That's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nintendo put out a couple more Fire Emblem Engage trailers this week, um, highlighting some of the characters I'm that are going to so come up. I'm so glad the Emblem Engage rings. is coming back. I'm so no, glad. No, no, Chris. Not oh, Engage. This is the toothpaste game? Engage. Okay. Gotcha. It's the VTuber the toothpaste game. Gotcha. I like the design. <laughs> VTuber toothpaste game. Stop VTuber it. VTuber toothpaste. VTube of toothpaste. <laughs> Come on, heterochromy is awesome. You don't see it in many characters. Yeah, I like it. I see it all the time. Though. I like it. Only it's in cool. cats. Yeah, uh -huh. cats. Totally. Right. Thinking cats. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Fire Emblem Engage is a Fire Emblem game taking place on the continent of Elios. A thousand years ago, four kingdoms with uh, worked with the heroes from other worlds to defeat and seal the Fell Dragon. However, now that the seal is weakening, um, you must collect the emblem rings and bring those heroes back from the other worlds to restore peace to this land. So, January twentieth. And speaking of things that make uh, wheels shout, no! A record <laughs> of Agorist War um, also has a collector's edition coming 
for Nintendo Switch. This one might actually still be in stock because it's... Whoa, not- is this safe for work? <laughs> wow. I, like, um, barely? Wow. There's no sausage eating, but um, there's also barely <laughs> any clothing. Um, wow. So, um, in this, you get the physical edition, an 80-page art book, a set of 12 bromide cards, an, an original soundtrack CD, a three-layer diorama, and, um, oh, I guess that, that must be the one of the bromides with the girl who barely has any clothes on. Uh-huh. So this is a game that if you felt like torturing yourself prior to now is also available on PS3, Xbox 360, PC, iOS, and Android. Um, we never recommend these games. <laughs> but if this is uh, for you, thumbs up. If this is for you, you need to reconsider your life choices probably. All right. Tam, Tam just says, why, 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 why? <laughs> <laughs> why can't you have it right now, Tam? Is that what you're asking? You know the I'm answer. Just, I'm sure it's your sex cells. They're they're working on it as fast as they can, Tam. It's on its way. Just be patient, buddy. I already own it. <laughs> of course he does. I have it twice. Why? Why? <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> King Arthur's Night Tale um, has recently received a content update. This free update adds a skirmish mode to the game where players are taken through mini scenarios of 10 encounters. Um, so there are some skirmish scenarios that are available for free, um, while other scenarios are available at $4.99 each. Um, so this is a PC, oh wait, this is a PC and console game. So this is currently available on PC, um, with PS5 and Xbox Series S and X versions, um, coming, but no release dates for those yet. And hey, Phil, you Mm -hmm. wrote a deep look for this game. Mm Mm-hmm. You didn't like this game. Mm-mm. I took a deep look at it and then looked the other way. <laughs> looked the other way. <laughs> like, I really want to like it because I generally like, you know, stuff that looks kind of medieval-y and tactics games and the such. It definitely gives off some CRPG vibes. Uh, and it started off pretty fun, but it's uh, it, it doesn't have as much depth as I thought. and gets pretty repetitive at the... The the very gray and brown backgrounds really get old, you know, really quick. It's just, I don't know. And it's slow. It, it probably would have worked for me as a 20-hour game, but it's more like closer to 60 plus. And so by 20 hours in, I was already getting bored and tired of just about everything in it. So, but it is a different take on like the Cold King's Night thing. And if you're okay with the aesthetics and you don't mind some repetitive gameplay that doesn't go too, too deep. What's um, the name it's of definitely worth checking out. King author uh, <laughs> Night Tale. Well, I just wanted to hear you say it wrong again. <laughs> King author Night's Tale. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Um, into games that people might actually be interested in. The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie VR content support detailed. Um, so Trails into Reverie is the game that takes place after Trails of Cold Steel 4. It's kind of a crossbell 3 wrap, uh, wrapping up all of the final threads of trails in the sky and crossbell and a little bit of leftover stuff from cold steel. Um, and, uh, NAS America has, uh, confirmed that two scenarios will, um, be coming over, uh, that will support VR, the beachside vacay scenario. 
uh, which is included as part of the base game. And then the SSS Summer Splash DLC scenario uh, will be a purchasable content. Um, both scenarios, which give players access to optional bond events and minigames, supports VR on both PC and PS4. These can be played without VR on PC, PS4, PS5, and Nintendo Switch. So the Legend of Hero Trails into Reverie is planned for release uh, this summer for PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Nintendo Switch. So this is part of the crazy rapid-fire release of uh, Trails games that we are getting to attempt to catch up on the Japanese releases. So, and uh, acts as an epilogue to the previous series arcs, um, including the upcoming Legend of Heroes, Trails to Azure. Features 50-plus playable characters across all parties. Um, so, the thing that I find really interesting about this game and kind of excites me is it sort of has a um, structure kind of similar to the way that doors work from Trails in the Sky the Third. So you need specific people to do the specific storylines. And so I'm very excited for this. Looks really cool. Yes. And it has sort of a freeform thing where you can sort of kind of do the stories in almost any order. There is some pause points where you have to do some things, but yeah. Um, for those who play Genshin Impact, um, a new update called All Senses Clear, All Existence Void is going to land on December 7th, 2022. It follows the previous update's conclusion of the game's Sumeru storyline and introduces two new playable characters, the Wanderer, a five-star Anemo Catalyst Wielder, and Faruzan, a four-star Anemo Archer. Um, they will also be adding in a card game. So in case you haven't been sucked in and sucked dry of all of your money yet, <laughs> there's a new <laughs> way to do so. Uh, so Genshin Impact, if you have aren't familiar with it, is a free-to-play action RPG that originally released September 2020 and is on PC, PS4, PS5, iOS, and Android. It is, it is probably one of, if not the prettiest, free-to-play game out there. It's just so pretty. Yeah, I've when it came out, there was a lot of um, people that compared it to the Breath of the Wild. And I think that um, surface-wise, that comparison is probably pretty accurate. But um, from watching the game, I feel like as soon as you start to dig into it more in depth, it sort of loses that comparison and really starts to become its own game, which is good. Mm. Um, I should try it out at some point, but I'm scared to get sucked in. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. Okay. Yeah. No, it definitely, it, I played it for a bit and, you know, the, the free to play routes eventually do show, but you can have a really fun time with it without hit before you kind of start hitting that hard. Uh, there's a lot of free fun to be had in the game, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to obviously try to push some money out of you. So, and, and, you know, Chris was talking earlier about the different currencies and stuff. Oh, they are alive and well here, boys and girls. So. All right. How do you feel of spinoffs of spinoffs? Oh, they're, they're just the best. They never go wrong. All right. So um, there was the Megami Tensei games. Mm -hmm. And then there was a spinoff called Megami, Megami Tensei Guide and Last Bible. I want to hear Mega Man Tensei. Mega Man Tensei Mega but Man Last Man Bible. Tensei. Yeah. All right. And then from that spinoff came three spinoffs. The three um, Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible New Testament games. So those came out in Japan on mobile phone in 2008, 2009, and 2010. And they're going to be released on PC via Steam 
Japanese only. So mm. I'm sure there will be an English patch for these eventually, but uh, you may need to wait a little bit. All right. Um, more Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII reunion information. So uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion is a remaster of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, a prequel to the original Final Fantasy VII that was trapped on PSP. Um, so I've always heard that this game was pretty good and had interesting story. So I And I'm... slot machines. <laughs> this is true. Definitely slot machines. <laughs> it's um, slot machine combat, Anna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so they have changed the combat to be a little more like the Final Fantasy VII remake. They did. I, I am noticing on the screenshots a distinct lack of slot machines, which kind of rips the soul on out one. of the title. On one it had. There, okay. Right there, uh, upper left. Upper. And there, upper left, upper left. How about this? Yeah, the one, two, three. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's just a slot machine thing, thing isn't so? it? Well, let's try, look at the other ones. Oh, yeah, there is some numbers there, different right? Numbers, yeah, yeah, different numbers. Seven, yeah, different numbers, yeah. Okay. All right, all right. All right, cool. Okay. Well, my faith is restored. That's the slot machine system. All right. All right, okay. cool. Faith restored. Yeah, they got rid of the slot machine. Well, I don't know. Gambling laws in Japan are strict, so I don't know what's going on. I'm always a fan of cats in the picture. Yeah, so the game's digital mind wave DMW feature lets players utilize summons. I'm sorry. DMW. What the heck did you just say? The game's digital mind wave or DMW feature lets players utilize summons. The DMW triggers effects based on the numbers that appear on the top left of the screen. When it enters summon mode, the figures on the top left become summons, such as Odin and Phoenix, and players can unleash the summons lim limit break. The DMW can also enter chocobo mode, giving Zack the ability from creatures such as uh, Chocobo Stomp. And Cactuar's 1,000 Needles, as well as Moogle Powder and Catchy's Current Courage. Sometimes I hate Corenix. I think this is one of those times. All right. Well, um, Crisis Core is hitting PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, and X, and Nintendo Switch on December 13th. All right. <laughs> so... The remaster includes graphical enhancements, pacing improvements, the game's real-time combat system, a reworking of the DMW and Limit Break system, new summit animations, new enemy attack mechanics, full voice acting, and a rearranged soundtrack from composer Takaharo Ishimoto. Cool. All right. Uh, and, hey, this will make Chris happy. Atelier Rise details. Oh, Rise of 3? Yep. So this, this time it's good. The this rise takes of the place thighs? a year after Atelier Ryza 2, Lost Legend and the Secret Fairy, where Ryza returns as the pro protagonist, while Ryza and her friends enjoy a peaceful life on Kirkland Island. Kirkin Island. <laughs> they learn about a new group of islands that have mysteriously appeared. Um, the game is releasing for PC, PS4, PS5, and Nintendo Switch on February 4th, 2023. So. She looks like she buys her shorts from the same place that one Final Fantasy XIV character does, the one with the mask and the super weird-looking shorts. And the booty shorts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, characters cool. look older again. Yeah. All right. Um, Gotham Knights has um, a new free update. Um, 
It adds two new standalone online multiplayer co-op modes called Heroic Assault and Showdown. In Heroic Assault, four players join forces to face a series of challenges across a 30-floor dungeon below Gotham City. And in Showdown... Uh... Sorry, hang on. This story is confusing. I thought I had. I so here's where things get crazy. I read this before the show, and now I'm reading it again, and I feel like I didn't read it at all. So basically, it sounds like these are. Oh right, Showdown is a two-player mode that lets players face powered-up versions of the game's villains. So Heroic Assault is sort of like the Lufia Unending Dungeon, and Showdown is uh, two-on-one dungeon fights, or two-on-one boss fights, but you have to have finished the bosses in the main story before you can see them in Showdown. <sighs> and of course, Gotham Knights is a game uh, following the death of Batman with Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin attempting to step up as the new protectors of Gotham City. The group finds itself facing the machinations of the Court of Owls, the secret society that watches Gotham City. Um, and of course, if you are interested in playing this, it's available now on PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S. I feel like between this and Midnight Suns, because the reviews on this have not been super awesome, um, I just feel like I'm being, I just want these things to work. And they keep coming out with like mediocre reviews and problems and boring and repetition. And it's just like, gosh, I know you guys can do better. We have some really good superhero games like Marvel Ultimate Alliance uh, 3. Like, please just get this stuff right. Because I want to play these things. I really do. They look cool when you're watching it. You know, it looks really cool. I love playing Injustice. I love these characters. But yeah, you got to make the game fun. The characters are enough just to pull it through. All right. Hey, um, more Path of Exile content for you to not play, Chris. Hey. What am I going to skip this time? Uh, the Forbidden Sanctum expansion comes to PC and Mac on December 9th with PS4 and Xbox One releases coming on December 14th. Uh, Forbidden Sanctum adds a new challenge league with roguelike elements to see players exploring ancient catacombs underneath fell shrine ruins and searching for treasures within. Uh, I, I kind of maybe on the same page with Chris here. It's the game I really, really, really want to love. But then every time I start looking at it and read all of the different systems and it feels like every update just adds more. So I feel like I'm even further behind and it's just at this point impenetrable. I mean, hell, just look at the skill trees enough to give me a uh, aneurysm. It's just it's huge. But then you get like all the other stuff and it's just so much, but it looks so cool. So this is really interesting. So there are four floors to the Sanctum, but the roguelike nature of these dungeons means players are not expected to get through any of these right away, um, but treasures they find within help them set up for future attempts. The Sanctum adds a new resource called Resolve, which is reduced whenever players are hit by a specific telegraphed monster attack or environmental hazard. Um, your Resolve total is carried over between rooms, and when it is depleted, your run ends. Um, you can also store up to eight Sanctum Rooms to play consecutively rather than having to do them all individually before returning to the main city to unlock additional rooms. So we got a roguelike. Got yep. it. Yeah, we put a roguelike with our Diablo, which, I mean, to me, seems like it could be a good idea. Yeah, it's probably a good idea, especially with them, but we'll see if it does well. Like, they 
they've had some missteps in the last yeah one so that's so true it's interesting that they are playing on your risk reward um sort of feels because that's um, all this game is while players are offered the opportunity to obtain um, new rewards right away they can also accept a more valuable reward that will be granted if they defeat a floor's boss however if the run ends before they defeat the boss that reward is lost so at certain points during the Forbidden Sanctum storyline, players will find an altar they can place Templar relics on. These relics provide permanent effects uh, for the Sanctum across subsequent runs, adding additional progression. Relics cannot be traded or crafted. Oh, you have to progress yourself. All right. Yep. This is all on you. Also, there's a new challenge mode that they have announced that they're working on called Ruthless. Um, This mode has been running in a public alpha and will be made available to all players with the release of the Forbidden Sanctum. It is an optional character flag, similar to how characters can select hardcore, and makes the game more challenging through item scarcity, limited crafting, and other resource restrictions. So if you feel like self-flagellation is a cool, you you can go ruthless. Holy cow, this just sounds painful. Once you go ruthless, you um, never go back. That's actually interesting because one of the issues with this game is like it's item vomiting from all the monsters. <laughs> so it, most items aren't useful and that and that's fine. But like if this kind of slims that down and makes the items matter more, it could be fun. But the, it also means that bosses are gonna be super hard. It, it just it didn't say that they actually just drop like a so better selection. Options. Right, oh. right, right. But it didn't say better, right? So yeah, but that means you get you actually get to think about the items that drop. They matter because that's all you have. Still be getting a bunch of crap. Yeah, it's just slower. I know. Well, we'll see. But better. I'm trying. <laughs> I want to like this. Me. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I, I agree. It's Chris. in beta. Just, we'll see if they. We'll see how it kind of, yeah, comes out. See what the reception is. Right. Plus, I will keep an eye. Uh, and, uh, sad news, RPG Maker Fest servers are closing. Which mm. of the 8,000 RPG Makers is this one? Um, so this is the one that came out on the 3DS. Oh, good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> so Fest was the 3DS-specific version of RPG Maker development suite. Um, it was released, like, way back in 2016 in Japan, 2017 in North America, and it allowed you to create... Um, sort of little box RPGs using various assets and tools before sharing them with others. So it was cool because to make the games, you had to buy fast. But if you wanted to just play the games that other people had made, you could do that for free. And this, of course, is how Persona 3 FES was made. Um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> well, they both say FES. What? That doesn't count? All right. All right. Um, so... We're going to rapid fire through some release dates. So Adventure Academia Western release date is coming this month. Um, Gatewalkers is launching in January. Um, Seemingly out of nowhere, Capcom is like, hey, just so you know, Monster Hunter Rise, it's coming out um, on PC and... Uh, sorry, is coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series S and X, and it will be out on all of those new platforms what? on January 20th. Okay, and still no cross platform. Going to Game Pass. Oh, is, do you have to pay for Skybreak still? 
Yes. Oh. And you mean Sunbreak. Sunbreak and yeah. they did announce that uh, Sunbreak is coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series S and X. At launch? Spring. Just spring. Yes. What? Capcom, you make no sense. Probably have to get past the two-year mark of the original release. Phil, does this crap make any sense? And it hasn't been mm-hmm. two years yet, Anna. It, it be will one, be in March. It'll be one year. No. Yeah. The Sunbreak Monster Hunter has not Rise been out for originally two years. came out. Nintendo Switch, March 2021. Yeah, so if it's... Won't have been. I know. So it... Um, so the the con the new systems come out a year after it came out on PC, but two years after, um, yeah, the original release will be the expansion. Okay. All right. Uh, Mato Anomalies is coming out in March 2023, and a pair of uh, delays, uh, which spring are. Um, it got pushed back from this year to just 2023. Um, so it's a remake of the first Witchspring game, which originally came out on iOS and Android. Um, we actually got an impression of this during PAX this year. Um, and uh, Noodle played it for us. Um, and she did seem to like it. Although I don't think there was any English at the time. So she was like, I can't tell anything about the story and whether it's going to be good. So, and uh, more sad RPG Maker news. <laughs> if you were hoping for RPG Maker Unite to be hitting before the end of the year, nope. Um, oh, no. How will I make my RPG? I know. Well, it's a big deal because this is the first RPG Maker that um, supports Unity. Wait, wait. If you're using Unity, what do you need RPG Maker for? Because making games isn't as easy as you think. I know it isn't, but like, I feel like, okay, whatever. Whatever. So now we have RPG Maker as middleware for Unity. Yes. Got it. All right. So it has some base assets and a bunch of um, pre-made databases and commands Mm -hmm. and stuff to pull things together. So um, it has a bunch of templates that you can use to sort of base your game on and build up from. So. Uh, new game releases. Um, the Outbound Ghost hit the PlayStation on November 30th and Switch on December 1st. Um, Disgaea 4 released on mobile on November 30th. And Eden's Last Sunrise uh, launched on December 2nd. So we're we're starting. It's weird. It's so weird. It's like up until the last couple of years, nothing came out in December because what was the point? And now it feels like we're having some really big stuff hit in December this year. I mean, Disgaea 4 and Mobile isn't really a big release, but you know what I mean. It's a lot next, going on. Next week is going to be big. Even this week wasn't bad. Like, if we look at our new release roundup for December 1st, um, Disgaea 4 and Mobile, Eastward on Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, the Front Mission uh, 1 first remake came out on nintendo switch uh midnight suns came out on uh, pc ps5 xbox series x and x um, romancing saga minstrel song remastered hit ps pc ps4 ps5 nintendo switch ios and android um soccer story uh came out on a bunch of systems spoilers don't buy it it's not good um sword of the vagrant hit ps4 xbox one and nintendo switch um the outbound ghost 
Um, this is cool. You might actually be interested in this, uh, Chris. It came out on PS4, PS5, and Nintendo Switch. Um, it's sort of a Paper Mario-esque game. Oh, neat. So. You're not telling me what comes out next week? No, I didn't do that. No, you teased that it's going to be a really big week. Yep. Oh, that's really mean of you. I know. You're just going to have to tune in next week to well, see no, what I, I already know one of the things is your Dragon Quest treasures. Yep. No, that's all I got. <laughs> it's not right. You got to tell people what they got to buy this week. You can't tell them what already came out. They don't. That's old news. Well, sorry. What do you think, Phil? What are you going to buy this week? The uh, Rumblefish 2 comes out nothing. this week. The what? The Rumblefish 2. What the heck is that? It is a 2D fighting game. I want Punch Quest 2. When's that coming out? Yeah. Game. Choo Choo Charles comes out this week. Okay, you're just cherry picking the worst options now. <laughs> um, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion comes out next week. Oh, see, there's one. Wait, there's... No, I lied. I lied. Ten oh. days from now. Ten days from now. Oh, <laughs> next next week. Now you got all our hopes up. This is terrible. You're bad at this. Maybe you should host next week. I'm going to host next week. All right. Um, And, of course, we do have some uh, solid editorial content this week. Um, The Shadows Over Loathing review hit. Um, Alex did a surprise impression of this um, when it was first announced. And probably to no one's surprise who read the impression, he gave it a four out of five. He quite liked it. Surprise impression for the surprise announce. Yep. The surprise game's out. Um, as we alluded to uh, earlier, our Star Ocean, the Divine Force, uh, the Divine Force review hit uh, three out of five. Likes it. Yeah. It, it's not a bad game. It's, it's average. It's okay you. to be an average you. game. I don't believe you. All right. Um, Demon School demo impression. Um, and the impression is pretty positive. Demon School? Yeah, this is the one that we watched an impression of it in a, in a Nintendo Nindies, and you turn to me and go, they made wow. a game for you. Oh, okay. That's... As soon as you see the screens, you'll recognize yeah, it. I, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then we got an adventure corner for uh, Be- uh, I'm gonna but I'm gonna butcher this. Birushana, Rising Flower of Genpei? Sure. So this is another Otome to visual novel. Um, Sam played through it. Um, like to collect these and never play them. I play a bunch of them. And then, okay. Not all of them. No. How about I just start streaming them and then I will get through them. Oh, no. Then we'll get banned. What? Why? <laughs> Otome's. No, Otomate. Oh. Otomate is a developer. Also, Otome isn't porn. I bet they make Otome's. Uh, yeah. they, they, they name is make, a <laughs> They do make some adult-oriented games, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but they also make clean versions. So, what is that? Just without the DLC? That's what you do now. You sell the the nudity and DLC. Anyways, we also put together a huge um, special uh, feature: um, RP Gamers' favorite cozy games. And in fact, 
while you are reading it, you can listen to the cozy RPG tunes list that we put together on Spotify as well. Does it have that bear bed and bed and bear? It does have bear, bear and breakfast. Yeah. Yep. So bear and breakfast, chicory, a colorful tale, dragon quest builder series, dungeon encounters, fantasy life, graveyard keeper, it can fell low magic age, rainbow, Billy, Stardew Valley, rainbow, Theat- Billy. <laughs> you should check it out. All right. Ocean Six, um, Theater Rhythm Series, Undertale, Voice of the Cards, and so check out why we said all of those were cozy games. Undertale is not a cozy game; it gets me too emotional by the end. Okay, all right. So our question of the week is: How do you resist buying games on your wish list before the holidays? Help us with low. Um, <laughs> Impulse control, please. Hashtag right. first world problems. Hashtag RP gamer. Hashtag RP gamer problems. All right. Mm-hmm. So, Phil, what are you going to be playing this week? Mm, probably more Baldur's Gate. I just, I, I'm like, <laughs> you going are back a to sucker an abusive, for punishment. I, it's the road to Baldur's Gate 3, right? Wait, like, okay. I have to keep traveling this road. I can't wait till he gets to 3 and he doesn't like it. Baldur's Gate 3. No, it's going to be awesome because it's actually freaking turn-based. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's Larian. They know how to do... Yeah, we got this. We oh, got this. It's going to be the best no. thing ever. Divinity even, 2 is a boring game. I am even listening to... combat is too slow. It's it's way too deliberate. It's not fun to play. It's, it's what? Everyone what are you is talking wrong. about? Everyone it's like, is everyone's wrong. wrong? But it's like the best, well-received... Like, it's the bomb. What are you aware. talking about? I'm aware people love it. They're just yeah. wrong. Because yeah. I said so. Uh, yeah, I said so. I, I've even been listening to um, Brimstone Angels. What uh, is that? That is, that is a series of books by Aaron uh, M. Evans uh, about a, a pair of tiefling misfits. Uh, the one, one of them ends up becoming a sorcerer, and the other one sounds like a, a fighter. Um, and uh, they get tangled up in a whole bunch of a devilish uh, mess in Neverwinter. Uh, Succubus is playing human pawns against an otherworldly foe, sees the twins as obstacles in their path. And so this causes all kinds of problems. But I really liked the the, the setup in it. It was really, it was really pretty fun, uh, the way that, that she became a warlock. Uh, you know, I've had warlocks in my campaigns well, before. Yeah, what's the but, name of them? Uh, the uh, Bri- uh, Forgotten Realms Brimstone Angels. No, what's the name of the characters? Oh, oh, oh! It's the two girls. It's the two girls. One's <laughs> a tank and one's a warlock. What's the right. name of the girls? That's what I'm talking about. What are yeah, their names? I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know their you names. Don't know. I, I'm terrible at names. Is one of them Hylars? <laughs> yeah, they're probably in Idol Champions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so their dad is a, a dragon. I, well, I just adopted. I just remember the sorcerer's name sounds like Fajita. And I love uh-huh. Fajitas, so yeah, that's how right. I remember yeah, her. We do have those. All yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's totally a thing. Not Fajita, but all right, close enough. <laughs> we went A for effort. Uh yeah, but it's it's gotten off to a strong start like two hours into the first book. I got all six on a recommendation frame. Remember I told you all about that big huge audible super super sale? And I end up getting each of these for like three bucks each. So because a friend was like, yeah, this is a really, really good series if you're getting more. Because I told him I was getting more in D&D lore on my road to Baldur's Gate 3. I uh, really want to immerse myself. So she recommended this uh, th- this group of books. And so now I'm Chris bought going a bo- into them. 
Chris bought a bunch of books during that sale as well. Mm-hmm. We like some. We like some. <laughs> some has not turned out so great. Yeah, we we bought some that um my former boss and friend Travis Baldry narrated, and I read uh-huh. the first one, and I was reading through the second one. And I was just like, the more I'm reading through this second one, the less interest I'm having in it. But I'm like, all right. Uh-oh. There are four. And and here was the other half of where I was starting to get concerned. There are four books in this series, but he's only narrated three of them. So I shot him a message and I said, hey, man, are you going to be narrating the fourth book for this? And he said to me, I narrated it in its completion and gave it to the publishers and they have decided to re-narrate it. Oh, that's a different story than you told me. No, that is exactly what I told you. No, you said it was recorded and it will be um, re-recorded by somebody else. You didn't say it was a publisher decision. You made it sound like he chose to pull his recording. Oh, um, actually, you know what? I don't know if it was specific in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm going to go look. I, I might have been we, mistaking the details. I don't think we detail. have the details and we shouldn't speculate who pulled what because he's not sharing that publicly. No. All right. Be careful not to put words. All right. (laughs) So you're right. So I said, Hey, I'm starting this series. I noticed there's a four book, um, but it isn't out yet on audible. Is that on your schedule? And Travis said, I narrated it, but it won't be released. I'm passing it off to another narrator and they will be re-recording it. Hmm. And I'm like, we don't know what that means. (laughs) We got lots of speculation. We have no details. And it's like the way that he phrased it was phrased in a way that I am not encouraged to ask further details. Mm. This is this is very video game speak. And I understand this language. I will not ask what the details are because it's none of my damn business. I would, but I don't know him good enough. So. I mean, I worked with him for years. I know, well, yeah, if you're not going to do it, it's not oh, being asked. But I'm just saying, if I had worked with him, I'd totally be asked. <laughs> Tell me. <No>. Tell me. <laughs> no. I want the details. <laughs> I'm not going to abuse our friendship like that. So, Friendship for, if not getting good gossip deets that you can't share with anybody. <laughs> deets. Look, if I want to gossip about random video game bullshit, I do that with Graham. Yeah, deets. <laughs> You want the deeds. Because <laughs> Graham loves nothing more than petty bullshit video game gossip. <laughs> oh, really? He loves that, that oh, stuff. nice. <laughs> it's my former boss at Natsume. <laughs> Anna. Oh, my gosh. What? All the secrets. You just reveal all the secrets. I don't think it comes as a surprise to anybody that there is a lot of petty baloney gossip in the games industry. Fair enough. All right. So this week I am going to be playing, um, I said it and now I'm forgetting, an NPC's Odyssey. Um, I'm going to be streaming some more World of Warcraft, providing that I feel well enough to do so. And then it's kind of a question mark. I have something, I have a bunch of things that I want to maybe play or maybe try. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm having, I'm having choice problems. I have too many games to play. Choice paralysis. Choice paralysis. New. Um, and I need to go through my games and figure out what's good for a 10 year old and a 13 year old because I'm loaning my friends some games. 
And some of my things are not appropriate for 10 and 13 year olds. Like, is it, uh, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris, what are you going to play this week? World of Warcraft. Anything else? No. Nice. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> this expansion's good. It's holding my interest, so I'm in it for now. Well, and you have one last week off. Yep. And then you're going to be and you're going to be back to work. And I'll still be playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> so, at least you have a Sunday or a Monday to sort of ease back into stuff yeah, before you get to go ham on a Tuesday. Typey, 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 typey. I'll be down there. Look like one of those memes. So much to catch up on. <laughs> Everyone broke everything. All right. Thank you, Del North, for our awesome intro outro music. Thank, Thank you, you, Phil, for filling in for Chris these last five Phil? weeks. Chris really appreciate appreciates it. I see what she did there. Filling in. Yeah. Filling in. Yeah. Filling yeah. in. Oh, we're idiots. Um, thank you, Forecast, for the encoding. And thank you, dear listeners. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you, dear listeners. You could be doing something else on a Saturday morning other than tuning in at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. But we appreciate it. And Seriously, go do something else. What are you doing? Here is the thing that always makes, like, my little heart happy and me smile. Is someone, anytime we don't record or the recording goes up late, there is, like, ten people that message me that goes, hey, did you record the podcast? It is my Sunday slash Monday thing, and I need it to happen. That makes you happy? It just makes me kind of annoyed. Like, oh, my God, we're on it. Go away. (laughs) No, it's just it shows that they care and that this is part of their routine and part of the thing that they make me feel guilty. Why isn't the podcast up, Chris? Okay. Okay. yeah. Uh huh. There. (laughs) That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Mm hmm. That's what he hears. That's not what the message is, but it well, is what he hears. That's true. I need to work on my hearing. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's good for a show this week. Thanks, everybody. Thank we'll you. Be back next time. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.